Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about L.A. Not So Confidential, the forensic psychology and true crime podcast brought to you by me, Dr. Shiloh. And this guy. Hi, I'm her bestie and co-host, Dr. Scott. She was a cop and I was a Hollywood casting director. Now we're both forensic psychologists working in Los Angeles. We met while doing our internships working with sex offenders. I know, right? Twice a month, we bring you a classic or contemporary true crime story while applying real psychological concepts and dishing about entertainment's representations of those crimes. Subscribe now to L.A. Not So Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. True crime, psychology, and snark. Trust us. We're doctors. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. What do yeah. We, I, I don't, I've never, I, you, no. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah, that really oh, hey. kind of grosses me out. That was so organic. Thank you. Hi, I'm Katie, and I live, laugh, love you. Hi, I'm Molly, and my life might look perfect from my Instagram, but you all should know I've had a pork chop every day this week. <laughs> Yum. Uh, Katie, who are we talking about today? We are talking about... The one, the only. The live, laugh, loveliest of them all. <laughs> Miss Rachel Hollis. Mrs. Rachel Hollis. I'll oh, yeah, have she, you know. she would have me know. <laughs> that is her Instagram ha- handle, Mrs. Rachel Hollis. Oh, yeah, it is. She wants to underline that fact yeah. about herself. So this was actually someone I had had no idea about until we started talking about this season mm-hmm. and how we're going to do uh, and how we're covering fandoms. And a couple people said, oh, you've got to do Rachel Hollis. She had not been on my radar. No, me neither. Uh, But having now read her book, Girl, Wash Your Face, and having skimmed lightly her second book, Girl, Stop Apologizing, Mm. having dived into her Instagram and her social media following, I have a couple things to say. We have some stuff to say. We have some stuff to say. And we've also discovered that we do, in our own circles, have people who we know. Oh, yeah. uh, Who love her. Who love her. These sleeper cells, I like to call them. (laughs) Like and uh, they've given us some insight into what it is that sucks people in with mm-hmm. Rachel Hollis. If you look at her Instagram, she comes off as one of those picture-perfect mom blog type people. And uh, she talks about her Christianity, her faith, in a mm-hmm. very a friendly, accessible way. Um, besides these books, which are both New York Times bestsellers, at last count, I believe Girl, Wash Your Face has sold about 3.5 million copies. Wow. It's probably more at this point. Has a lot of billion star ratings on Amazon. Very well loved. Girl Stop Apologizing was also a bestseller. I think is similarly successful. Uh, she has a uh, her, she started out as a blogger. Um, she had a blog called the Chic Site for, oh. uh, for that's kind of how she got her start mm-hmm. in the uh, influencer world. And it was kind of at the time just kind of a basic lifestyle blog. She had a bunch of small children at the time, and uh, she says that her uh, it, it originally focused a lot on just like recipes, mm-hmm. family stuff, family stuff. And this was in the early two thousands when blogs were really hitting their stride and were something Remember that you that? could really make money yeah. off of. Um, she I followed now, so many blogs. Yeah. Now through the success of that, that sort of buoyed her, uh, her book and uh, her massive Instagram following. Um, her massive Instagram following came first. Like a lot of people who get uh, pu- uh, book contracts nowadays, mm-hmm. it's because she had a giant social media following yeah. that a, a publisher I'm assuming this. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm assuming that this is how it worked. She also has a line of QVC clothing. I saw. (laughs) Which is, um, how would you describe her aesthetic? Uh, Like sweater mom. Sweater mom. Very fall. Very live, laugh, Very fall. Very like... Yeah, very like pumpkin patch. Very pumpkin patch. Very, she publishes a lot of inspirational quotes that are all in that super mm. loopy cursive font Love. where it's like a loopy cursive Love font that. and then like a Times New Roman and just like a bunch of like <laughs> aggressively different fonts all in a row. Yes, it's too many fonts. To me, it gives me like uh, what is it, like that like whiplash. Yeah. But Christians love it. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with being a Christian. We're just we're <laughs> just pointing it out. We're neutrally pointing it out. 
Um, she also went viral in 2015 with a bikini picture. This is another thing that really put this. her on the map. Okay. She took a bikini picture and it was uh, it showed well. <laughs> some people would say it is brave because she had had three children at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, her stomach looks how a lot of people who have had kids' stomachs look, sure. where it's like a little some stretch marks and it's like saggier, mm-hmm. um, which is not to say that it looks bad at all. No, I'm sure it, it looks, looks great. like a normal stomach if you've had some kids. Yeah. Uh, so she posted this and with the caption, I have stretch marks and I wear a bikini. I have a belly that's permanently flabby from carrying three giant babies and I wear a bikini. My belly button is saggy, which is something I didn't even know was possible before. <laughs> and I wear a bikini. I wear a bikini because I'm proud of this body and every mark on it. Those marks prove that I was blessed enough to carry my babies. And that flabby tummy where it means that I worked hard to lose what weight I could. And it's like what weight you could. Like you're pretty small. She's pretty small. So through this, it's like you sort of see that she's holding herself up. It's sort of like it's that it's an interesting dichotomy of like, look, I'm imperfect. Who cares? But it's like, but you're obviously holding yourself up to an impossible set of standards. Yes. If you're saying like, I don't care what I look like. And it's like, you look great. You look great. And also like, it's okay. And it's also, (laughs) who would expect, (laughs) oh, you've had three kids. Your stomach should be flawless. Like she definitely thinks that people think that. Yeah. Um, She says, uh, she goes on to say, uh, I wear a bikini because the only man whose opinion matters knows that I, what I went through to look this way. Again, look this way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, God. Uh, God, a.k.a. Dave Hollis. Oh, right. Whose Whose Instagram handle is Mr. Dave Hollis. Wow. It should be Miss. His Instagram should be Mr. Rachel Hollis. Frankly, it really seems like she is. You know, she's driving this (laughs) semi (laughs) off the cliff of success. That's a look. (laughs) My metaphors aren't great. Um. So she. Uh. So this is. uh, These are. So she ends by saying they aren't scars, ladies. They're stripes, and you've earned them. Flaunt that body with pride. Don't make us do anything. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Katie's a little a little under the weather. She <laughs> I'm hungover and I this is a rough day to talk about Rachel Hollis. I know you guys think that Katie is completely perfect, perfectly perfect in every way. And much am. like Mary Poppins. <laughs> and she is, but you know, we all have weaknesses and we all have long nights. Guys, I put my shoes on one foot at a time, <laughs> just like you. And then she goes and she drinks seven martinis, just <laughs> just like just an like alcoholic, an alcoholic, <laughs> just like a cast member of Mad Men. <laughs> um, so she, uh, so why is she so well liked? What is it about her that makes her so relatable mm-hmm. for a lot of people? She me- she mentions that she's a high school graduate. Which I think, you know, so she like okay. got where she is without like a bunch of fancy degrees. Oh, I was like, okay, Rachel. I got what you mean. She yeah. only went to high school. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like saying she's high school. I'm like, okay, that's not inspirational. <laughs> um, well, look who's a big. Oh, you oh, know look who, what I Look mean. who's rubbing her bachelor's degree in psychology in everybody's faces. It's really done me so well. <laughs> it's really done a lot for me. Yeah. Um, she's, and I've listened to her podcast and she makes a bunch of Instagram videos and Facebook lives and she has a very down to earth personality. It's easy to see why she's so likable. Um, she has a pretty good sense of humor. Um, she seems her sense of humor, I think comes through more when it's just her, when she's Mm. with her husband, who's really committed to that, like dad joke brand of comedy. Um, Baby and who boy humor sort has of. an all all around kind of smug affect. Yes. It sort of doesn't work as well. No. But when she's by herself, it's it, she's charming. I can I definitely think so. She's charming after watching some of her solo videos. Um, she also talks about sex and sexuality in mm-hmm. a much more frank way than a lot of Christian influencers. Yeah. There's this really big YouTube channel called Girl Defined. I think mm-hmm. it's probably one of the bigger Christian YouTube channels. And they're always talking about struggling with sex and sexual sin. And it's like, well, what are you talking about? And they really can't bring themselves to talk about it in a a more detailed way. They always just say struggling with sexual sin without talking about what that might entail. Right. Whereas she really does get 
down to it. She doesn't talk about sex as sin. She talks about right, it she's as... she's married. She's married, and she doesn't take that sort of more conservative viewpoint Got it. of sex. What she, does she have to say about sex? Well, she talks openly about how she had sex uh, before marriage. She did go on to marry that man, and he is the only person she's fucked. Wow. So then she says that. No, but it's sort of like by process of elimination that had to, that yeah, 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 yeah. has to be. Yeah, she says that she lost her virginity to him and there was no one else ever. Um, Yeah, so, uh, and I've heard from when I posted that we were covering uh, Rachel Hollis, I heard from someone who I knew from homeschool days Mm -hmm. who said that that's something that really spoke to her um, about Rachel Hollis. Uh, She said, I think the worst injury I suffered growing up in the Christian community was the feeling that there were parts of me I needed to keep secret. That's not what the gospel teaches, but the social climate combined with my own somewhat private nature caused me to feel uh, that was how I needed to cope with my inadequacies. Um, And when she's talking about things that she needed to keep secret, she elaborated that, like, you know, wanting to feel sexy. Yeah. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas Rachel Hollis really embraces that. Um, She also has taught, she also talks in the book about some personal tragedies that she's gone through um, that. I believe sort of set her up as being qualified to give other people mm-hmm. advice on their own lives. Cause she has had some significant struggles. Um, her, the most significant one I think was that her older brother who struggled with a lot of mental illness mm-hmm. killed himself when um. uh, she was about 14 and she was the one who found his body. No. Yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's very hard. So that's very hard. And then her parents marriage disintegrates. And uh, so she, wow. so she was really Driven to make something. She talks about that as being um, as this kind of the turning point where she really threw herself into making herself a success. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, she moved to L.A. when she was still a teen. I've read some places that she did that to pursue an acting career. I don't think she really says that in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, she says in the book that her goal was to marry Matt Damon. Okay. Have dreams. <laughs> I mean, have people. dreams. That is a, a big part of it. Um, so someone else on Facebook said that um, that she thought that Rachel Hollis was really real, that she comes off as being fucking real yeah. were her exact wor- words. She also talks about the troubles that she had. So she has three of her own kids, and then she also more recently adopted a baby girl. Oh. And before she was able to successfully adopt, she went through uh, – she had some failed experiences, and one was like – a. She, they were fostering some twins, and they mm-hmm. were on their way to adopt. And then the biological dad kind of came out of the woodwork and was like, "Oh no, I, I want these oh, kids." No. Yeah, so she had thought that those were going to right. be hers, and then had them whisked away. So you can imagine. And oh, so hard. she talks about how she during that time she went from uh, drinking wine to cope to going straight for the vodka. Oh. And uh, how she and she never describes herself as fully an alcoholic, but she talks about, you know, relying on, on alcohol that, yeah. to cope. And the, and so this person, the second person who said that she, uh, you know, was an admirer of Rachel Hollis points that out as something that she found uh, appealing. And then you also mm-hmm. had um, you also heard from some friends who said that they I did. Yeah. My friend um, Emily, when I was at her house, she recommended that I read the book. And then I, when we were decided to do this episode, I was like, oh, I'm going to ask her to test the waters. Give me some And she had told reviews. you, she had told you to read it before we had talked about it. Uh, before, yeah, ever yeah. before. Totally separate. Totally separate. And I didn't want to read it. <laughs> and I didn't take her up on it. Yeah. Um. So Lauren L. says of Rachel Hollis, she says things we know and we have heard, but reading it also gives you a bit of a kick in the ass. Reading it inspired me to take action and shitty and end shitty relationships with a boyfriend and a friend. Emily D says she's extremely extremely relatable and expressed so many times through Girl Wash Your Face what a mess she is. It helped me make a connection and feel like she was actually on my level. I think I was more inspired feeling the whole feeling that while also knowing she's a badass businesswoman. I guess a mess and a businesswoman is what she's saying. She introduced the idea of things happening for me versus to me. This spoke profoundly to me because it changed my thought process from victim of outside influences and events, good and bad, that I have and will go through. It also helped reinforce that other people's negative opinions and actions towards me are that are their problem and not mine. So I wanted to pause there because I wanted to sort of highlight this 
point that Emily makes about how she says in Girl, Wash Your Face what a mess she is. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I think that there's uh, that there's a lot there that people can take away from. Um, there's a lot of things that uh, Rachel Hollis says that other people have said in so many words. Like Abraham Hicks is kind of uh, a, a hippie who talks a lot about stepping into the vortex and not getting in your own way and manifesting what you want in life. And that appeals to sort of a more like hippie-ish mm-hmm. kind of person. And like Tony Robbins was kind of the baby ver- boomer version yeah. of this. You can give countless examples of life coaches who give similar advice. So yes. I don't think that a lot of what Rachel says is terribly unique. No. And I'm not even getting into the plagiarism accusations of which she has faced many. <laughs> but th- But I don't actually see that as a problem because I think that a lot of these ideas, it's like, we all need to hear them at some point. Yeah, and they're tales as old as time. They're Picking tales. yourself up by your bootstrap. You know, like that sort of right. express. That's been around forever. Right. But I also wanted to highlight that thing about her describing what a mess she is. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I want to circle back to that. There are actually some other things I want to cover before we talk about that. Um, but um, she's uh, – so a lot of women relate to this sort of pleasant, wholesome veneer that she's put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what the the problem that I really have with her and why I really don't think that she is uh, someone to follow and someone whose advice should uh, really be taken seriously is her involvement with multi-level marketing. And you guys know how we feel. Yeah. About multi-level marketing. Yeah. So uh, I want to say, basically, I want to wrap up this section by saying, like, what we said about our Gwyneth Paltrow goop episode, mm-hmm. which is, like, if you've taken things away from this, Good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Good. Like, I think that th- there are things that she says that are absolutely valid, that are absolutely I good agree. advice. I totally agree. So if you like it and you take things away from it, happy for you. Yes. But I still think that there are some important uh, criticism. And I think that there are reasons to question this idea that Rachel puts out about herself, which is that she's every woman's cheerleader and she's your best friend mm-hmm. and she's in your corner. Um, then I think I also wanted to go to highlight what your friend, uh, Katie R said. Katie R says, I think she's got a great talent for allowing women to own their mess and let it be their message slash superpower. And she's relatable too. downside. I think she embeds an all women feel small and less than mentality into chicks who may have not felt that to begin with. Like, she's a good intro to personal development, but at the same time, she generalizes women into a category of quote, needing fixing. Yeah, and I think that that's a really great like point that. to make, mm-hmm. that she's a great intro. And that uh, yeah, things, I think she's a good stepping stone. And there are things to take away. But yeah, that whole needing fixing thing, yeah. I think does uh, play into the multi-level marketing um, uh the multi-level marketing mindset. Yeah. So she uh, she's spoken at multi-level marketing events like Beachbody, Rodan Fields, uh, Arbonne. Mm. And these are all things that she's really open about. Like she says, come see me at this multi-level marketing event. Hey, all you direct sales people. Hey, anyone involved in network marketing? Hey, boss babes. Like she really ah. co-ops that language and she really embraces it. Right. Even though uh, multi-level marketing, as a lot of you already know, uh, is Basically (laughs) a legal pyramid scheme. Yes. It's a way to work around the illegalities of a pyramid Mm -hmm. scheme. We went over this more in our episode about Shanann Watts in uh, season two. Uh, In that episode, I also mentioned another podcast called The Dream. If you're interested in a more deep dive into the world Mm -hmm. of multi-level marketing and why they don't work, those are two things that I can uh, recommend. Also, I watched a really good YouTube video by a channel called The Financial Diet which is mm. another good resource. For I've if watched you're, something from them before. They're great. Yeah. If you're looking for like wh- how to tell if something's a multi-level marketing scheme, why they don't work, they give a lot of good, uh, good information on that. But we'll break it down quickly here. Um, so you've probably heard of, um, I mentioned a few that Rachel Hollis is involved with. You've probably heard of multi-level marketing companies, even if you didn't know that they were multi-level marketing. Mary Kay. Uh, Mary Kay, LuLaRoe, Young Living, Herbalife, Cutco, Mm -hmm. Amway. Um, So they cover a huge range of products. A lot of them fall into the beauty and health uh, area. 
Um, and again, like in the episode where we talked about multi-level marketing, we talked about our own dalliances yeah. <laughs> with uh, multi-level marketing. So go listen if you want to know about um, our success. Our success. <laughs> I'm a Mary Kay lady. I drive a pink Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so the main distinguishing thing about MLMs is that they turn customers into salespeople. Yes. So they're not just trying to sell you a product. They're trying to recruit you to sell the product. And they're not trying to do that as a company. They have people who uh, build themselves as coaches or recruiters or representatives. And they go out and they they say like, oh, yeah, you're an independent businesswoman. Now you go out and find people to sell under you mm-hmm. in the world of MLM. This is called an upline and a downline. Your downline is and people you under you. And then you draw a pyramid. And a lot of people have pointed out that <laughs> when you put, when you look at an upline and a downline, it makes a bit of a triangle a, shape. Some call it a triangle. So what ends up happening is a lot of people, so it's a lot of t- how it works is they say, like, you, to be like a diamond level member, you have to sign up to buy this amount of stuff. Mm. And the idea is that you're going to be able to sell that stuff to other people and then those people in turn you'll turn into your recruits and then you'll get a portion of their sales yes so uh the reason why that this is wrong and why there's been so many lawsuits against these kind of companies is because it's not a legitimate business practice if you're relying on turning your customers into your employees yes like you should have to rely on people actually wanting your product Mm -hmm. so because the focus isn't on the product a lot of times the product is terrible. Yes. Uh, LuLaRoe is That's the most close, right? famous example yeah. of this. They made these, uh, for a while it was blowing up on Facebook, people selling these uh, really zany leggings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a really great Vice documentary you can watch about the downfall of a lot of uh, LuLaRoe representatives huh. and how a lot of them ended up with uh, garages full oh, of, leggings. of leggings and the leggings would often arrive and they'd be like wet oh, God. and they'd have like the ass rotted out of them like they were see you laugh ass but, rot. but people lost a lot no, of money no it's really terrible like people really it was a financially ruinous thing so ultimately Fuck. the thing to take away from MLMs is that there's always someone at the bottom there always, are people absolutely. who are successful there are people who yes. are able to recruit enough people to make money the FTC, the FTC points out, the Federal Trade Commission points out that that's about 1% of people yeah, who sign up for MLMs mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, a business, a uh, independent business, small business, mm-hmm. about 36% of those are successful. Yeah. So keep those in mind. And then keep in mind that the way MLMs are set up, there's always going to be people at the bottom who never were able to make their money back no. and who were left holding the bag. There's always someone at the bottom who's not making their investment and who was basically tricked into yes. signing up for something that was never going to work. MLM is very predatory. It's very predatory. It's really fucked up. And they kind of and it appeals to people who maybe don't have a lot of capital to yeah. but because it is kind of a cheap compared to other It's a closer to like a get rich quick. It has that mentality which appeals right. to obviously a certain sect of people, people who need money the most and you prey on them. Right. And make them have a garage full of ass-rotted fucking leggings. Yeah. MLMs can suck it. So it it, it ends up being like taking hold in a lot of places uh, like where there are big religious communities or uh, communities yeah. where there are lots of military wives. People who are stay-at-home moms typically who love the idea of working from home. Sure. But who maybe don't have a lot of money to start their own business. And who maybe don't have the savviest background when it comes to starting a business. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing, it's nothing against them. No, it's we're saying not, we feel, we don't, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. <laughs> I get wanting to work from home when you're a mother of three, yeah. you know, two or three kids. We get it. Yeah. So, um, so, and the, where it gets really, really gross, in my opinion, is the emotional manipulation that goes into it. So a lot of people have a struggle to make enough sales and to get enough people because the whole idea with MLM is it assumes for it to work, there would have to be an infinite demand for the product and an infinite population. Mm -hmm. Like even if it went on and on forever and all 7 billion people on this planet wanted LuLaRoe leggings, it would still end somewhere. Absolutely. So, um, so there's always people who are saying like, Hey, this isn't really working for me or Hey, this product that I got my shipment of stuff that I'm supposed to sell is bad or defective. And so when they come to their Facebook groups, because they usually these networks of uplines Mm -hmm. and downlines, usually a a Facebook group um, where they kind of coach each other and encourage each other. Um, So if they post anything negative, 
a lot of times what will happen is that their posts will be deleted, and then they'll get an angry message from their coach saying, Shut like, up. what's wrong with you? Like, yeah. So one that I wanted to touch on in particular that Rachel Hollis has worked with is a company called Beachbody. Oh, I know Beachbody. You know Beachbody. I've seen it. It's, I felt like it was everywhere on Instagram at one point. Like okay. everyone was hawking that. Um, so I they, never tried it. They, uh, <laughs> so it's, it's a, there's a portion of it that's like a workout video, mm-hmm. and then there are these Shakeology shakes. Shakes, yep. And I've watched YouTube videos. Oh, right, Shakeology. So I've watched YouTube videos by people who have, uh, who have been Beachbody coaches yes. who have had to have massive amounts of Shakeology shakes to maintain their inventory yeah. that they're required to have. A girl tried to get me to have this. Of course. <laughs> a girl messaged me on Instagram that I know that I grew up with, but we're not friends. Yeah. And she was like, hey, like, you look great, but was wondering if you, like, do you want to lose weight? And then, like, oh hawk, tried to hawk these. And I was like, you're coming after the wrong girl. Like, this is not. But, yeah, I didn't realize it was a MLM. And that's a great I point. I thought she was just a freaky freak. <laughs> because you have to have such a – this is – and that's – I'm so glad you brought that up because this is another part of MLM <laughs> is, like, the because you have to rely on a network, mm-hmm. a giant network of people, you end up having to reach out. You start with your family and You're close scraping friends. scraping the barrel And at then this you start point. scraping the Literally. barrel of people you barely know. So this is why so many people have had the experience of getting a message from someone they went to high school with Done. Yep. saying, hi, hun, you look great, but you could look better. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then there's, okay, there's a whole Reddit Why is everyone thread. trying to MLM me in my life? <laughs> it's not your fault. Um, don't blame yourself. I'm not going to blame myself. Um, there's a whole Reddit thread called Anti-MLM where they post these very funny <laughs> mistake messages that That's people awesome. send. Because they make templates within the oh. uh, MLM world saying, send this to your friend and just fill in the, their name, or their something, name yeah. and how you know them. But a lot of times people get blank messages that haven't been filled in like, hey, your name or hey, your friend's name. You look great. Uh, remember when we went to insert name of high school here? Slash bad. Like <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're just like they're wow, mad libs that yeah. haven't been filled out yet. Um, yeah. So that's uh, so the anti MLM. Great Reddit thread. Check it out. That's fun. So uh, wh- so. Rachel Hollis has spoken at a B and this is like a symbiotic gig she has going mm-hmm. where she will speak at MLM conventions. MLMs are very into conventions and having yeah. people and like they'll have uh, ceremonies where they reward their top sellers with uh, cars and vacations. And uh, they'll you can see like all these videos of all these people wearing all white and dancing around and uh, just looking very excited and fun and happy yeah. and like oh my life is so great because I sold so many shakes. <laughs> um, so she uh, she has spoken at uh, at Beachbody and and MLMs the MLMs that she works with and speaks for they in turn push her book and say ah. if you want to know how to get ahead in, in business read Rachel Hollis's book. Mm-hmm. So they're all in each other's nasty little leggings. Ugh. So Beachbody is a company that They're all on each other's assless chaps. <laughs> yeah. Beachbody is a company that had to pay three point six million dollars to settle a case over not uh, getting consent to automatically renew customers' credit cards. Ooh, yeah. So that's a big deal. Yeah. So they were so people would sign up like, yeah, I want to get you know ten million sure. shakes in the mail every month, <laughs> and then uh, Beachbody would just go ahead and renew them. Without ever yeah. making sure. So that was a, that gives you an idea of what kind of company Beachbody yes. is. So Rachel Hells, not only does she have this very cozy relationship with them, sorry, your bangs look insane. They were in my face and I was like, I have to move them. If anybody participates in an MLM that like makes hair bands or something. Katie's interested. I will post a photo on Instagram of how I look right now. It's uh, not great. Okay, focus. I just had to make you laugh. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for lightening the mood. Um, so now she's eating a honey bun. <laughs> she just can't stop. Katie, I'm trying to tell people about stuff. Um, I can't stop being funny. Okay. So on her Rise podcast, Rachel Hollis uh, interviewed Lindsay Matway, who's a very successful Beachbody coach mm-hmm. and has 70,000 people under her. Whoa, what? Yeah. So, uh, so Rachel Hollis says, Hey, Lindy, what are some hot tips for gals out there who are trying to Mm -hmm. get ahead in the MLM game? 
Uh, and Lindsay offers a lot of gems. Oh, no. Like she says, most people focus on the negative. And she says that whenever she had a negative experience with her business, the hand of God would shift me up to the next level. Whenever I would hit these pain points, oh, if I chose to look above and beyond it, all of a sudden my business continued to grow. This really reminded me of Scientology. Like they have these little pieces of lingo like pain points, mm-hmm. hand of God, next level. It really sounds like that's another thing people will point yeah. out about MLMs is like they're very culty. Christianity is the biggest MLM of Thank all. Thank you. But, You're not the first person to say that, but it's honestly, very true. it's very true. <laughs> and whoever said it before me was very smart. <laughs> <laughs> she talks about how she had the goal to talk to 100 people per day, but she decries the use of those templates. Right. And she makes fun of people who go the template route. Okay. But she doesn't, I don't think she, in the podcast, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that she gets into how it is that she was able to talk to 100 people a day. Without a template. Was she just running down the street screaming? I feel like, yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. who wants a shake? <laughs> um, so she talks about, um, she also goes on to say, uh, I'm a rescuer, but some people just want you to save them, but they don't want to put in the work. So That's what? the hardest part of this business. <laughs> so she's sort of feeding into this idea that if you're not successful in your it's MLM, your Linda, it's your fault. That's so fun. And you just want to be rescued and it has nothing and to do. I'm a rescuer, but like. But I, I don't want to rescue but like, you. But I actually can't. And why aren't you saving yourself? But my name's Lindsay, and I actually <laughs> can't help you. Lindsay helps those who help themselves. The hand so, of Lindsay. The hand of Linz. <laughs> this is where I really jump off the Rachel Hollis ship. Is, yeah, I'm gone already. I'm she's off, really, by the way. I feel like this really takes advantage of a phenomenon, a psychological tendency that a lot of women have of having this infinite capacity to blame themselves. Yeah. Like how many women have you known that were in a terrible relationship yeah. where they were like, well, if only I like looked oh, better every woman I or know. if only I feigned interest in some kind of dumb thing he likes, <laughs> or if only I were, you know, cooler or smarter or whatever, then I'd keep his attention better. And that's how I really MLMs really put you in that abusive relationship yes. mindset. And I don't think that Rachel Hollis is a dumb person. I don't think that she just doesn't understand how MLMs work. I agree. I think that she is just so greedy and so bald-facedly just wants your fucking money. Yes. And that's who she is. I. And that's the bottom line. Honestly, that's the truth. Yeah. And that's why we're doing this episode so you guys know who you're getting your fucking advice from. Yeah. So I wanted to just... D- dive a little deeper and do a, a closer reading of some Ooh, yeah. of the passages in Girl, Wash Your Face. Things that I just took issue with along the way. Along do my, it in a Drew Barrymore voice. <laughs> <laughs> along the way of my uh, reading journey. Do you think she sounds like Drew Barrymore? She kind of, to me. She kind of talks out the side of her mouth. Yeah. Is that okay to say? <laughs> that, I think so. Um, she does. Well, she does talk about maybe that. She talks not, out of her ass, but then she also talks on the side of her mouth. She does talk about how she did, she uh, she talks about how hard she works and she's a workaholic to the point where she's given herself Bell's palsy. Does she have Bell's palsy? So she has like intermittent episodes of Bell's palsy where like half of her face will be paralyzed. So maybe that might be a little. I'm bit not of, making fun so maybe, of Bell's. So maybe palsy. you're just making fun of Bell's palsy. Good. I Lord. love Bell's palsy. She's my best friend. So she really tries to highlight this idea of like I may seem perfect on my Instagram, but I'm actually not perfect. And here's an example <laughs> she gives. <laughs> so this is from chapter one of Girl oh, Wash Your Face. A uh, note. <laughs> Huh? Chapter Sorry. one, you already had a note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I'm sure. Page um, one. Y'all, I'm about as unglamorous as you can get. And I don't just mean that in the celebrity stars are just like us kind of way. This is not like the time Gwyneth went makeup free and with her perfect skin and her angel blonde hair tried to convince us that she was just a regular gal, even in her $400 T-shirt. No, I mean this literally. I am not glamorous. I am 1,000% one of the nerdiest people you will oh, ever meet. She calls herself a nerd, a nerd. at several points. Porn and it's, real nerds. They just don't, yeah, they don't get their own credit anymore. And it's like the word nerd, I will, you know, it sort of migrated away from its original definition where it used to be like, oh, you like physics or chemistry or math. And now it just sort of means like you like sci-fi or, you know, some kind of. 
Or you pretend to. Yeah. (laughs) Something along those lines. But even with that definition, she doesn't really meet it. So I'm not sure what she means by nerd. I'm the nerdiest girl. Yeah. Um, So uh, she goes on to say, if I've somehow managed to convince you otherwise because I run a lifestyle website with pretty pictures, let me set you straight. I am not a perfect wife, not a perfect mother, not a perfect friend or boss, and most definitely not a perfect Christian. Not even close. Um, And then she goes on to give an example of what it is um, that she, uh, an example of her not being glamorous and not being perfect. And she talks about how she was doing some kind of gymnastic move on a trampoline (laughs) with her daughter and there were some some kid and there were other people (laughs) around and she does like a cheerleader move or I don't, I don't know what it's called, but it's like he. Fold yourself in half. Oh. (laughs) And uh, so it's already like, okay, you're 34 and you can move like a cheerleader. (laughs) We got it. Um, (laughs) But then she says like how she pees herself a little bit when she does that. Mid kick. Mid mid kick. A little bit of pee comes out. Because again, had three kids. That's very common for people. I do that without having three kids. Thank you. Me too. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, I was like, what's (laughs) what's my excuse for regularly peeing myself? (laughs) Generally, there's some laughter involved, but still. Yeah, no, same. Just know that anytime you hear me laugh, I'm probably peeing. So uh, this is like, and then she says, and then right after I had peed myself, an Instagram post went up of me at the Oscars with my husband. And so you would probably look at that picture and think she's so glamorous. Little you know, uh, trampoline, uh, Uh, pee pee. uh, (laughs) Is that an example of being not glamorous? (laughs) That's an example of how she's just not that perfect. And when I read this passage, I was like, I thought back on my own yeah. life and experiences and I was like, hmm, am I the only person who knows people who are actually alcoholics, uh, yeah. psychopaths, uh, <laughs> obese, uh, unemployed? Yes. Um, She's looking uh, at me. <laughs> <laughs> She's shouting these things at me. <laughs> Mentally ill, shopaholics, hungover. And uh, I even like thought back on my own recent experience being a human um, Katie, you know that I've been oh trying to uh, improve my eating habits, mm-hmm. but it sort of led me down some weird paths where uh, I am someone where I occasionally indulge in a purely medicinal amount of marijuana Yeah, uh, before medicinal. bedtime. You know, I'm by sleepy myself. Time it's tea. sleepy It's, it's sleepy tea. <laughs> it's basically sleepy time tea that I smoke. Yeah. <laughs> That's really all it is. That's really what marijuana is. <laughs> so, um, and, but as you know, one of the side effects of that is you sometimes get a little bit of a munchy situation. Mm-hmm, You're mm-hmm. like, mm, I want a snack. But one of my rules that I've made for myself is like no, no eating snack. after dinner, no snacking, no nighttime snacking. So my workaround for this has been like, oh, I'll just chew gum, you know, less yeah. than five calories a stick. Who cares? It'll it's give not a big you the deal. munch you need. It'll give me the munch I need and then I'll be able to move on. Sure. Um, but I had a recent experience. But where it was a big deal, audience. <laughs> I uh, I had bought, I was thinking like, okay, I'm going to buy enough gum for the month. And I had four packs of gum. And there was just a night where I was just like hungry on top of having had a medicinal, ha- having had sleepy my tea. sleepy time, time <laughs> tea. Uh, and uh, it, uh, I, I ate four packs of gum. <laughs> Um, and I like, hate this story. By pack three and a half, oh. my stomach had started to feel weird. Um, it was starting to basically collapse in on itself yes. like a volcano. And But I like couldn't stop. It's the weird. I'm not like an addictive person, but somehow like my hand just kept going for the gum. Like yeah. I couldn't stop. Were you swallowing it? No. Okay. I, I don't know. No, I have like a waste paper basket full of <laughs> chewed sick. gum. And but like I couldn't stop. And by the end of pack four, I knew something was going seriously wrong. And I was overcome by this the most terrible stomach pain I've ever had in my life. And so I ran to the bathroom, had a spirited trip to the toilet. And then uh, at one point, um, the pain was so bad that I actually fell off the toilet. I hate that. And I almost blacked out. Um, but I was just sort of like um, convulsing, oh I want to say. Oh, my God. And I don't know if I was having like an aspartame-induced stroke <laughs> or if I just um, – or if I was just having like such bad stomach pain that it was making me flop around on the bathroom floor like a fish. Um, but it ended up 
it was so, uh, there was so much flopping um, that I ended up having bruises on my arm that I then had to explain to Katie at my 31st birthday yeah. outing. 31st. She was wearing, yeah, I remember seeing all those bruises. I was like, Molly. Like, who did this yeah, to you? Yeah, I said, who did this to you? And she told me the story. I started crying. I was like, I hate yeah. that you did this to yourself. And then after, you addict. after I stopped flopping and was able to get up. We can laugh now because she's we okay. Can laugh but now I cried okay. that day. Uh, I got up and I had the, I was covered in sweat. Like, I was sweating more profusely. Like, I was soaked. So I don't know what did that ever was. Did you Google it? I did. I don't think anyone's <laughs> ever eaten as much gum as I have. <laughs> so the medical literature just isn't there. It just you need to write a, an um, article. But, but that's an example then, of and then, you being a mess. And I was like, oh, trampoline. But that's why it's sort of like, oh, trampoline pee. Oh, honey, trampoline pee. I once asked an Uber driver what his drug policy was. And he said, no drugs in my car. And I said, okay, pull over to that McDonald's in the Bronx. And I went to the bathroom to do drugs. And um, So, honey, exactly? a little pee. <laughs> pee? I pee? probably snorted up someone's pee that day. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, sober now. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Um, from, her from gum, me from, me from drugs. Gum. <laughs> I'm being so public and honest and raw and real about this because if you see me with gum, please take it away. <laughs> no, we're being, if you see me in an Uber, tell me to go home. Tell me to stop. Make sure yeah. he keeps going my way. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that Katie and I are even like impressive degenerates. No, these are, all, these are also like, I feel like pretty same story. But like I feel like Katie and I are people who do, you know, are pretty responsible. Yeah, and it's like are. you can fall a lot further. And yes, so it you just can. seems like Rachel, although she has I mentioned at the top, she has been through some personal tragedy. Yes. She also seems to be coming from this really sheltered perspective mm-hmm. where it's like if I'm going to take advice from someone, I want it to be from someone who truly, uh, I don't know, has been beaten down and who's has a more relatable struggle. I, I totally feel like. agree. She also talks about this is something other people brought up uh, that she talks about how before she conceived her first child, they tried for eight months, and she brings this up as like a hard time in her life. I feel like that's not that and long. A lot Am of I crazy? People come back and say like, yeah, and then you had three kids, whereas a lot of people yeah. struggle for a lot longer. And don't end up having kids at all. Yeah. So, again, it's like it doesn't seem like it just comes off as very solipsistic and very, like, not aware of other people's struggles. I agree. Not We're not, not saying she didn't have yeah. her issues. I think that's important because I can just hear all of you say right now, yeah. you guys are making fun of her. We're not. We're just saying she's not paying attention to her audience that they might have harder things going on. Yeah. Another important thing I want to bring up uh, – is her this idea that she wants to sell about herself as being this very independent business lady and mm. how she did it all on her own and she just through hard work and perseverance what she never really talks about in depth is the fact that her husband who she married when she was 21 only man she ever dated uh had was 8 years older than is 8 years older than she is and was much further along in his career um, he recently quit his job as the president of Disney Worldwide Distribution, mm-hmm. um, which was the end of a 17-year uh, career at Disney um, d- uh, to become the CEO of Hollis Company. But before before Disney and before um, before Disney, he was working for an agency. So he had a very successful career. So it's not like she was totally on her own financially and she never really highlights that of like, yeah, I had help because my husband already had this great job, which Which would be fine to say. And I feel like that would be fine to say, yeah. except that she really wants to sell this idea of herself. And this is why she she is so perfectly aligned with MLMs because they're both just selling you an idea of Mm -hmm. if you just work hard enough, you'll get it done. Um, but not all of us uh, are able to get married at 21 to someone who will eventually make a shit ton of money. Exactly. Um, she also she brings up this in the acknowledgement section of her book, but the acknowledgement section, I believe, only um, where she mentions how her sister helps her with childcare when she goes on her many speaking engagements. And it's sort of like, hmm, that's mm. something a lot of people don't have. Yes. Someone they can leave their kids with while they go and further their business. Mm-hmm. Uh, she even says herself that that's like the thing that she gets emails and messages about the most is women saying, how do I make 
I'm having trouble making and keeping strong, meaningful friendships, right? This is like a big thing that characterizes the millennial generation mm-hmm. is that we don't have a village typically. Right. We often are uh, dealing with loneliness and isolation. Yeah. So it stands to reason that a lot of us don't have family members or friends who can help us with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that she doesn't uh, seem to want to bring up. She just really wants to tell you um, – she just worked Figure hard. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. Give yourself bell palsy. Pee a little bit on a trampoline and call it a day. And honey, write a book. And then write a book. So I wanted to also get into uh, her plagiarism scandals. Ah. In Earlier this year, uh, BuzzFeed published an article that talked about her Instagram posts and how many of them she attributes to herself. Like they're in like that her l- captions. Yeah, they're oh. in like that live, laugh, love font where oh, it's yeah. just like a saying. Uh, and then it'll say Rachel Hollis under it. Oh. And then other people will point out that, hey, you didn't write that. <laughs> Rachel, you didn't write the Bible quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like for one example was uh, she posted the quote, every year you close a new chapter in your story. Please don't write the same one 75 times and call that a life. Okay. When uh, a leadership expert, life coach type person called Robin Sharma uh, wrote that and mm-hmm. has posted it a bunch on his own social media without the first sentence. He's been, you know, that's been his thing right. for a while. She also did a similar thing with the phrase, ambition is not a dirty word, which is the title of a 2008 self-help book by Deborah Condren. Mm. So uh, <laughs> in response to this, she posted before the release of her book, this year, so she's been. So there have been a, a couple articles like this written about her right. criticizing her uh, unoriginality and her um, her support of MLMs and that kind of thing. Uh, and she posted on Instagram a picture with a caption: "I'm celebrating every person who wrote a nasty article about me in the past twelve months." What's up, haters? If the last book, if the last book about women taking ownership of their lives upset you, a book about women living boldly and unapologetically should give you enough fodder and hate mail until at least the new year. Cheers. She's talking about girl, wash your face, and then oh, okay. girl, stop apologizing. Mm-hmm. Her second book. Um, so, yeah. So she sort of frames that criticism as just haters. Haters. Who don't like women. Who <laughs> These haters. Who do their own thing. Yeah. Another instance of plagiarism that I believe I discovered, and I don't think anyone else has pointed this out, on page 49, she talks about Dave Hollis and they're Uh getting together and how uh, she didn't start. So it's kind of confusing. She says that, oh, at first I was just a booty call and I thought he was my boyfriend, but he didn't think that uh, I was his uh, that he was my boyfriend, and I introduced him at a party uh, as my boyfriend over and over, and then he was like, you're not my girlfriend. <laughs> um, and she was really hurt by that, and she talks about this sort of an example of their, you know, disparity in experience and, like, kind of a big age difference. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then she says that she did so – she says, like, it was a booty call, but then she says she only started having sex with him when she felt their relationship was threatened. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's a booty call, what Rachel? Is, yeah. Again, like, you seem sheltered from what the rest of us <laughs> yeah. have experienced. Um, but then – so she says of this moment, uh-huh. she says, my virginity went from technical to non-existent. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Yes. Can you think of where you've heard that phrase before? I knew almost immediately. Cher Clueless. says that about Dion's virginity in Clueless. Yeah. Yeah. I'm calling the cops. And she never mentions anything about Clueless in her book. And also like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I ne- also, her next book's called I'm a Virgin Who Can't Drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. Um, so another thing that I wanted to point out, another uh area of criticism is a lot of Christians have given her a lot of flack for what could be called kind of shallow interpretations of the Bible. Okay. Um, and they that say that right. <laughs> she's sort of just sprinkling in the Jesus thing to sort of reel in this community, yes. this uh, market, without actually meaning any of it. Like or, a predator. Right. So one of the examples that I wanted to bring up is she, in her book, in her in the chapter entitled... I'm not good at sex. She talks about how she went through this period of 
getting more into like loosening up sexually, I guess. After she had had kids, she felt less sexy mm-hmm. and you know, it took her some time to like get back on that wagon. Is that yeah, the get back on that dick. <laughs> that that Dave, that sacred Dave Hollis dick. Um, I imagine his dick like wearing that little that, a little pair of glasses and having the same haircut <laughs> same hair as, as he does. But that's fine. That you're All just sort of free freewheeling. That feel good or bad? Exactly. Just as a side note, uh, that's my book. That's a, yeah, that's a, probably a a more defensible interpretation of Thank a lot of the Bible. You. <laughs> um, uh, so she. Another another BuzzFeed article uh, talks about how she connects herself with uh, how a lot of her theological takes uh, are in line with what's called the prosperity gospel. Um, she also mentions, I think in an Instagram post, or and I think in her book as well, um, that she's the daughter of a Pentecostal preacher. And the Pentecostal church denomination oh. of Protestant is very into this idea, the prosperity gospel which really took off in the televangelism community. Mm. So it's a pretty recent development, but it's basically uh, if you're a good Christian, you will be rewarded by stuff, um, by being wealthy and being oh. healthy. And a lot of, huh. right. And a lot of Christians will say like, no, it's not how it works. It's not like a piggy bank where you give no. God a certain amount and he gives you a certain amount back. But that seems to be really what she thinks. Yeah. Like she talks about the first time she got a big check from a client she went and bought a Louis Vuitton speedy bag. She spent $1,000 on a handbag and how proud she was of that and how what a highlight of her mm-hmm. journey that was. Um, and it just really blew mm. my mind uh, how uh, baldly materialistic she is. Yes. Um, there's that line that I actually looked up, uh, Matthew 1924. Mm-hmm. It's a line about, I don't have the exact wording, but it's, uh, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of he- heaven. Sounds and right. that's something that I just had off the top of my head from going to Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems to be something that I, I, Rachel, an avid churchgoer, doesn't really seem to have in yeah. her brain anywhere. Like, I felt like Christians didn't like material. Like I'm a what? coffee nerd. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say from now on. Yeah. Uh, she goes on to say, don't even start a book conversation with me <laughs> unless you really want to take it to level five, because I will embarrass myself. And I was like, I majored in English. We never talked about level five. What's level five? But I love like the saying, don't even start a conversation about a book with me. Don't start a book conversation with me. She doesn't. What? Even... What's a book conversation? <laughs> so she mentions that she's a huge fan of uh, Deborah Harkness, who wrote the All Souls trilogy. So this is, is like her favorite oh. book. Her. Um... I'm not a book nerd. Right, you're not a book so nerd. So you have I'll to explain, explain this to me. I'll... This is a book conversation, and honey, <laughs> I'm taking it to a level five. <laughs> So it's what Barnes and Noble would categorize as a paranormal romance. There's a lot of sexy witches and sexy vampires. Ah. So you know, nerd stuff. Nerd stuff. <laughs> Chemistry, physics, uh, you know, quantum qu- quantum leaps. Quantum leaps. And then also just like sexy vampires. That's yeah. what nerds are all about. Yes. In it my is. head. When I think of a nerd, I think I think of like a really hot witch who wants yeah. to fuck. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so she she goes on. Oh, this is part of her. So she brings up Deborah Harkness and her obsession with her as part of her goals section where that where I mentioned like Forbes millionaire, Mm -hmm. mogul, uh, house in house in Hawaii. (laughs) Clooney. Clooney's there. Clooney's there. And it sort of like goes from like goals to fantasies. And she talks about this fantasy Mm. she has about how she knows where Deborah Harkness lives. And she knows that it's near where she goes jogging. And she has a fantasy about running into Deborah while she's out in her jog and she and Deborah start to talk and then they become friends and it's it and, and I don't know how she ended up in my trunk <laughs> it's like you're reading this and it's like Rachel sweetie you gotta not talk about this this is a fine thought to have in your head it's a very but cute you, thought it's a very cute thought but you don't sound like someone with goals you sound like a stalker <laughs> you sound like maybe Deborah Harkness has enough for a restraining order yeah right here it sounds like this is something that actually did happen and then she said Stop following me. But I wanted to highlight this is because I think that it's important to note that Rachel Hollis doesn't seem to have a strong, uh, she doesn't seem to distinguish between a goal and a fantasy. And yeah. I just wanted to put that out there. Um, 
I thought that Christianity Today made a good uh, point about her. Um, their article is called, Girl, Get Some Footnotes. Oh. Oh, pretty sick burn. That's a sick burn from, for Christianity Today. For Christianity Today, today When yeah. Christians are even going after you, it's like, you. Yeah. You. <laughs> when you're getting zinged by the word of the Lord. Zinged. I don't know. The hand of God came down. Yeah. So, um, so they compare her book to Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. It was another uh, important author in the world of self-help and business. And you go, girl. You go mm-hmm. start that business. The article states, uh, but un- unlike Lean In, in which Sandberg shares many personal failures and hard lessons learned, Hollis's story is a series of unmitigated successes. In mm. fact, there aren't any stories of other women in the book. And that's where I really wanted to land with this. It's yeah. like... She uh, she isn't actually sharing a story of making mistakes and learning from her struggles, which I think is actually helpful for people who are pursuing starting a business sure. or maybe start pursuing a creative pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that those are really good to hear about. Like uh, if you're starting out as a writer, I feel like a lot of people – uh, get discouraged when they don't have success right away. But they're, you know, Joseph Heller didn't publish Catch-22 till he was in his 40s. Like, things like that. Yeah. That people always, in the same vein, people always talk about how, like, Michael Jordan didn't get recruited for, I'm kind of out of my wheelhouse yeah. now. Yeah, we said we wouldn't talk about sports. Whatever baseball team that he was on, they passed him up the first time around. Michael Jordan? Yeah. The basketball player? Correct. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, yeah. So those are things that I think are, uh, are good, you know, motivational things yeah. to think about. And I don't understand how Rachel Hollis thinks like saying like, and then I succeeded and then I also succeeded at that. And then I made $10,000. And look at me and I can't stop succeeding. And I can't stop succeeding. Yeah. I find her pretty unrelatable, which is why it's funny that everyone yeah. says that she's so real and raw and I really... Again, I'm not, like, dissing anyone that has gotten something out of it, but I don't find her stuff relatable. She's way too successful. Yeah. Really. Like, I mean, we've you and I owned a failed business together. Oh, yeah. And you wrote a blog about how it failed. I did. And I love that blog post. Um, MollyKendrick.com. Yes. Check it out. Double Lessons from a failed business, I think it's called. Yeah, it is. And, it, and, I mean, I think it was, like, fun to tell people that side of – like what we did. Oh, because yeah. Because it really crashed and burned. And, and you know, that's fine. And we still both, uh, maybe we'll do something together again another day. I still have a company that works and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. But we weren't like, yeah, I don't know. I find her unrelatable. Yeah. Actually, now I think about it, my blog, it's like I talked about that failed business. Mm-hmm. I talked about the end of my relationship. You only talk about your failures. I only talk about my <laughs> failures. I most recently talked about someone reaching out to me to let me know that um, we went to co- someone who I went to college with reached out to let me know that he still thought about how fat my upper arms are yes. sometimes. Um, and so I wrote about feelings that brought up. I most recently wrote about um, having to sell my car to yeah. pay my freelance taxes. So I really don't relate to Rachel Hollis because I only feel inspired. If you guys need someone failing. to follow, it's Molly. If you want to hear, but if you need oh, an answer, feel good about yourself. Talk Read to her me. Blog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's who I want to be for you all. Yeah. Just a, you know, just a You're our stepping an stone, aspartame filled <laughs> loser. <laughs> Can really nerd. lift a big a level An five book nerd. <laughs> nerd is who Molly is. So Katie, like you said, you're a businesswoman. I'm a businesswoman. You're CEO. I'm president? A, CEO. I'm president. Presidential level. Presidential level of a company, of like a big company. Yeah. It's a legitimate company. Um, what is what are some words of advice that you have? Like what's some actual advice? I think some oh that's a good question. I'm also young and a woman, by the way, in case you guys can't tell. And I think for me is honestly, this is like silly, but you have to work really, really hard. You have to be willing if you want to do well to just keep working and know that you're going to be tired a lot and cranky and in a bad mood. And that's my advice. My advice is to accept that you're going to fail a lot if you want to be successful. And being successful in one area of your life means that you will probably have some failures in another area of oh, your life. Oh, 100%. You can't be completely healthy and productive and happy in every while level. you're putting all of your effort into being successful in business. I'll say something I've learned from mm-hmm. being a freelancer all these years yeah. 
is and a successful one. Well, not really, but like I get by. You do. Um, but uh, something that I've learned is that if you put energy towards something, have a goal, have a goal in mind. Have it a career goal, not like a list of shit you want to buy. Have it be like, I want to be at this level yeah. of something or I want to get published here or there. I think those are great goals to have. Work toward them. Know that it probably won't work the way you're wanting it yes. to and the way that you have it spelled out in your brain. But if you put energy and effort and mental uh, strength toward yeah. something, you will get somewhere. It probably you won't be. You absolutely will get somewhere. Where you pictured but it'll be somewhere better than where you are now. And this isn't a bootstrapping thing. We're just saying, I actually feel like leave your boots alone. Don't touch them. Don't touch your boots. Don't, don't pull even, yourself up. Don't pull yourself <laughs> Don't pull yourself up. Just, re yeah, I don't know. It's okay to like crawl your way until you feel like you can stand. And it's okay to pull on the boots of others. Like yeah. she doesn't, I gently don't, pull on the boots of others. I don't think that she's wrong for having a wealthy husband. I hope that's not how it came off, but it's like, I think that no, she's she right for having a wealthy highlight. Husband. And I think that you should use it as inspiration to look around and see like, who can, who I, can help me out? Yeah. I like would have asked for help. I've asked for so much help in my, when I, like, lately I haven't had to, which has been nice. And I think that's the goal for me was to not really need much of anything from anyone. But I, I, you know, I was kicked out of school for not paying and then I failed out and then I went back. It took me six years to get, five years to get my undergrad. Um, yeah, and like, my boyfriend, Andrew, had to pay for like two of my years of school. I had to pay him back, like two semesters. Um, you know, it's like, it's not pretty to like make your way. But now I would say like, I like where I am and I like needed to pull on someone else's boots every once in a while. Yeah. And it's not like he was rich. He just had a little bit more money. We were like very broke living in a very small apartment. Um, but we help, you know, help each other out. Help each other That's out. That's what we're kind of saying, I think. You're going to struggle. You're going to fail. But if you keep trying, you're going to get somewhere. You're going to get somewhere. And somewhere. We hope it's right next is to Is level us. five. <laughs> That's right. Level five book nerds. Well, we're rooting for you. <laughs> level six, level seven, level... Eight. Who knows how many levels there are to this there, book nerd thing? All I've ever known is there's too many levels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm in a fugue state now. We're waiting for you at the top of the pyramid <laughs> is what we're saying. What should, what would our product be? <laughs> um, I think books, probably. Yeah. Just the... Um, you know, just a book conversation. Book, book conversations. Book. Sign up for our book conversations. Hey, if you've liked this conversation, we've got some book conversations we'd love to sell you. Come on, come on, girls, we can do better. Some random dude, like Tyler, Tyler's gonna get to look at your boobs? Come on, Tyler's not worth boobs? Get, ah.